Good evening. It's so nice to see you. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Can you believe it? On the first Sunday of 2019, I'd love to talk to you about how to have a, a standout year. How to have a standout year. And um, this week, many of us would be reflecting, if you're anything like me, on New Year's resolutions, you know, the standard stuff, eat more healthily, drink more water, exercise more, um, learn a new skill, pick up a new hobby, spend more time with family and friends, that kind of thing. You know, the usual things that we tend to think about at the beginning of a new year. The new year is a natural reset moment for us where we evaluate, don't we? And we ask questions like, what? okay, this year, am I, am I really doing the job that I want to do? Am I really where I want to be in my place of work? Am I on track with my studies for what I want to achieve? What's the purpose of my life? Some of the stuff that Tash was just talking about. What, goal, what should my goals be for this year? Am I the best friend, um, son, daughter, husband, wife, neighbor, boss, co-worker that I could be? How do I really have a standout year? And uh, for some of us, we can ask that last question with a real sense of anticipation about this year ahead. You know, how can I have a standout year, some real punch to it? And for others of us, it's a bit more of, uh, I kind of that thing of, actually, do you know what? I've just had a really hard year. This is, I've just come off of the back of a really difficult season, and I want to be able to just stand up this year, let alone think about how do I stand out this year. And I suspect for the majority of us, life's a bit of a mix. There's days and opportunities and times that are good, and we celebrate them and lots of good things. There's real light and shade in our year. And there's other things, tricky situations, challenges, testing situations. But whatever we're going through, how do we have a standout year? And I want to look at what the Bible says about that. So we want to read from Matthew Chapter 5, um, verse 14 to 16, and this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. It says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, Jesus spoke these words to his disciples 2,000 years ago, and he says the same words to us um, today. To have a standout year, Jesus is literally saying we need to stand out because he's saying you are the light of the world. And maybe one or two of us here in those questions that we naturally ask at the beginning of the year, maybe one of those things is who am I? Who really am I? But Jesus is addressing who you are. He says you are the light of the world. And we love light, don't we? We're sort of drawn to it. One of my favorite things about Christmas is the fairy lights, the candles. I love lighting candles around the house. I love all the lights up. And maybe you were one of the 100,000 people that were gathered along the South Bank on New Year's Eve, watching the sky lit up with fireworks. And personally, I was happier at home watching it on TV with my slippers on because it's far too late for me to be out like that, and it's really crowded. But maybe you were one of these people, or maybe you love, like me, the sunset, and you find that just inspiring, or you love to be mesmerized by a starlit sky. We love light. We're drawn to it. When I was about four years old, I 
got, was getting ready for bed, was in my pyjamas, got into bed, and I was fascinated with the lamp that was by my bedside table. And I turned it on, and then I turned it off, and I turned it on, and then at one point, I, um, I touched the bulb, and I was like, oh, gosh, that's hot. And I think at that time, I was four years old, I thought, oh, hot, that's bad, that's not good. I, I should probably do something about that. So what I did was I jumped out of bed and then I went into the bathroom and I found the pink toothbrush holder and I tipped the toothbrushes out, I filled the cup with water, skipped back into my bedroom and I threw it all over the lamp, of course, which then just completely exploded um, all over my room. And then there I was, plunged into darkness and surrounded by tiny bits of um, glass and water, um, and then I got into quite a lot of trouble as I hid under the duvet saying, I don't know what happened. <laughs> and my mum's a bit like, but the light bulb's exploded, there's water everywhere, and the cup from the bathroom is here. You're the only one in the room. Could you explain and think, no, no idea. <laughs> and you sort of think you're gonna get away with it. But life can feel a bit like that sometimes. Life can feel like you're in darkness and you're trying to navigate your way around difficult things, you know, like glass, like the glass on the floor. And when you're trying to find your way through the darkness, even just a little bit of light makes a difference. And personally, I'm actually pretty glad that the shortest day is behind us. Um, the evenings have been getting lighter um, by a minute each day since the 21st of December. And since yesterday, just yesterday, now the mornings are beginning to get a bit lighter. Now, I don't know if you've noticed that, but even after the 21st, this isn't actually particularly relevant for anything, I just find it particularly interesting. So just bear with me while I just explain what I've just learned. But um, actually, the, it, the mornings continue to get darker until yesterday, and then uh, yesterday it went from what had been Friday, sunrise, 8.06, yesterday, sunrise, 8.05. Yeah, yes, people, it's, this is exciting. <laughs> And then you think, and then in three days' time, we'll get another minute of sunlight because sunrise will be 8.04. Then, two days' time, we'll, we'll get another minute, it'll be 8.03. I'm really excited about that, as you can tell. Anyway, like I say, not an awful lot to do with anything, other than the fact that even just a tiny bit of light makes a big difference. And, I don't know, perhaps even that almost speaks to you today. Perhaps you feel like you've been in... A dark season, times have been really hard. But like the word for you today is that the times are changing and light is coming into your situation and that there is hope. There's hope for you today. And many of us long for those lighter days, not just in an astronomical sense, but you know, the, the world can be a pretty dark place, can't it? There's so much suffering around and poverty and we're in a sort of an environmental crisis. There's so much knife crime going on in our city. There's a continuation of breakdown of marriages and family. And we're in a lot of political uncertainty at the time. But in the midst of darkness, there is hope. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. What does it mean to be a light? It means to be like Jesus who said of himself in John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Now the New Testament in the Bible where this phrase came from um, was originally written in Greek. And the Greek word for light 
is phos, from which we get our word photo or photograph. And phos literally means um, like a clear picture. And that's what we're supposed to be like. We're supposed to be a clear picture of Jesus. We're supposed to be a clear picture of God. Does anybody remember the Polaroid camera? Put your hands up if you're as old as me. Oh, yeah. Whoop, whoop. And um, actually, before this, there were um, cameras came, you know, you had a film in a camera. Um, all you young ones are a bit like, a film in a camera? How do you do that? Um, and actually, but this is a Polaroid camera. Where's Pete Winter? Pete Winter's got a lovely face. Pete, I'm going to let this... Yeah, come on, Pete. I'm just going to close up a few here. Give, give, us your best, give us your best cheesy photo. Oh, I've actually got to look through it, haven't I? Oh, that's my finger covering it. That's wrong. Here we go, Pete. Come on. Let's give it... Oh, hang on. Where's the button? I see. I'm so... Uh, yeah, I want it. My finger's still covering it. Oh, oh, there we go. Now, the thing that was so exciting about this camera, after a film camera, is that you get your picture... Not instantly, but really quickly. So it's not as instant as a smartphone, but you get your picture soon. But first of all, the picture is um, it's blurry. You can't actually see anything at the moment. I don't know if you can see anything from the camera on that, but there's nothing on it. And you have to wait. You have to wait for it to be able to develop. And only after time and a little bit of shaking does the photo become clear. I know, I know that a lot of the time, as Jesus says, you are the light of the world. You are to be a clear picture of Jesus to the world. I feel a bit like this photo. I feel a bit like somebody who's a bit blurry. I feel like my life can be a bit blurry, not really a true reflection as yet to the world. I'm not fully developed as it was, but it's as I spend time with Jesus, as I pray, as I read my Bible, I'm hoping to become more like him, to become a truer picture, a truer reflection of him to the world. I like to spend some time, just a few minutes in the morning, each morning, um, with Jesus. Before I even get out of bed, before my feet touch the floor, I pray. I spend some time, just a few minutes praying. Whatever's coming up in the day, I ask God for his help. I pray for wisdom. Ask, um, I pray for my family and anything else that kind of comes to mind. Anything that's pressing on me or certain people that I want to pray for them, their situation, their circumstances. And then as I get ready in the morning, I listen to the Bible in one year. I just find that such a great way to start my day, to pray, to listen to the Bible in one year being read. And, um, and that's also the time when I feel like God is going to speak to me. Often I find he speaks to me in those moments in the morning. And I have to say, it makes a difference to my day. It makes a difference to how the rest of the day goes. And when I don't do that, it also makes a difference to my day, but like in a bad way. You can ask my children and my husband about that. But if you don't already do it, I'd really encourage you to find some way of spending time with God in your day, a way that works for you. In Exodus 34, verse 29, it talks about when Moses went up the Mount, Mount Sinai with two tablets, um, the covenants of the law in his hand. And it, it says this, it says, his face was radiant he'd been with God. God's brilliant light was reflected in his face. And in Matthew 17, we read that Jesus led three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John, high up on a mountain. And there he, Jesus, was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes were as brilliant white as, as light, white light. When Moses met with God in the Old Testament, so before Jesus was born, when he met with God, his face shone. In fact, he had to have it 
covered up with a veil when he went and spoke with the people because it was so bright. He wasn't even aware of it at the time. When he spent time in God's presence, his face shone. Then we look at Jesus. When Jesus was transfigured, it wasn't just his face, it was his whole body that shone. He became as white as the light. And the Bible talks about us being the body of Christ, the light of the world. In 2 Corinthians it says, and we who with unveiled faces, remember Moses had to cover his face with the Bible, but we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord. Photos from the old film style camera, they get developed in the dark. But photos from a Polaroid get developed in the light. I think Pete's lovely face. Can you see that? Just about, just about. It's a nice photo, Pete. You can buy that off me, anyone you like, for a good price. I'll auction it later. In the same way we develop as we spend time with Jesus, in the light, in his image of God, we, we reflect a clearer image of him in us and we reflect that to those around us in the world. We're meant to stand out. Matthew 5:16 says, let your light shine. So he says, you are the light of the world. And then he says, let your light shine. So how do we do that? How you live your life is sending a message to people around you. People are watching how you live, how you respond to difficult situations, to challenges, to tricky circumstances, how you treat others, whether you're kind, whether you're patient, whether you're considerate. Our actions speak louder than our words. I often say to my children, treat others how you'd like to be treated. I say, I want you to be kind. I want you to be polite. I want you to be respectful. Um, give people the benefit of the doubt. And then one day, I was in the car, and um, one of my boys was in the driving, in the passenger seat, not the driving seat, <laughs> not that irresponsible. Um, no, in the passenger seat, one of my boys said, um, he was just getting really irate about some of the other, other drivers around. And he started getting frustrated and verbalizing his frustration about people being slow or indecisive or making stupid moves. And he was going off on one like this, and I just went, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's the matter with you? Where'd you get this from? And then it suddenly dawned on me that quite possibly I may have, on one occasion, <laughs> possibly behaved like that. And I just thought, gosh, we can say this, can't we? To, this, is, this is what we'd like to do. This is how you should behave. But actually, if we don't match it to, with our actions, it doesn't really mean anything. We can't say one thing and do another. The only Bible some people will ever read is your life. The closest some people come to church is you. People believe in a sermon that they see more than a sermon that they hear. And your life is sending out a message and you never know who's watching. More than ever, we're a watching world. I think we're bored of words, aren't we? We're bored of listening. We're bored of people's words, words, words. But we watch everything. I mean, I found myself watching something that the BBC threw up um, at me the other week about a girl in Scotland who had been videoing her grandfather every time she went to visit him every week for dinner. And that was actually it, just him opening the door and saying hello for about a minute. I was like, why am I watching this? <laughs> but we literally, I mean, with smartphones and YouTube, you can film anything, upload it, and it can be watched by whoever all over the world. So what does a standout year 
look like. It's not about being weird. It's not about standing out and being weird. We want to avoid standing out for the wrong reasons. But Jesus says, let your light shine that they may see your good deeds. Our lives should stand out. They should be attractive to those around us. And that was my experience. I didn't grow up going to church. But when I was 15, there was a Christian man who came into my school assembly and he spoke about Jesus. But do you know what? It wasn't just what he said. It was something about him. Something about him that intrigued me. And as a result, I said to God, I prayed, I said, God, if this stuff that he's saying is real, is true, that you love me, that you know me, that you want a relationship with me, then show me. And then just 36 hours later, after a series of different things happened, I had this amazing experience of the Holy Spirit. I had this overwhelming sense of love, of being loved, of being known. And it doesn't mean we have to be fake. Do you know what I mean? It's not like us having to just muster up niceness. Because actually the reality is life can often be very difficult, it can be very tricky. But even in the midst of challenging circumstances, we can know God's peace in a genuine way. We can know his strength to help us navigate difficult situations. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to stand out from the crowd. And that might mean when others are speaking badly about someone, even if you might find them a little bit annoying yourself, don't join in. If someone's gossiping, don't join in. Or when someone's being rude to you, be polite in return. Make your response be gracious. Go out of your way to be encouraging, even if someone's negative towards you. Make sure what you post on social media is positive. Don't be cliquey at school or work or the school gates or in church. Be open-hearted, be welcoming of others. Give others the benefit of the doubt. Choose to believe the best. Be generous with your, with your money, but also with your appreciation. You know, thank the people that serve you in the shops. Thank the person that delivers things to your door. Thank your sports coach, even after a really tricky session. Don't put others down in the hope to elevate yourself, but elevate others, whether that's at home or school or work. Be respectful even when others are disrespecting you and kind even if they're giving you the cold shoulder. That's just some of what it means to be a light of the world. And often it can be costly. It's easy to shine around people that like you, that love you, and that maybe are similar to you. It's easy to shine around them. But the darker the situation, the brighter your light will shine. And Jesus was the ultimate example of light towards others. He didn't spend all his time with people that agreed with him or liked him. He was known as a friend of sinners. He was criticized for it and ultimately killed for it. He was the light of the world. He was set up on a hill, crucified for the world to see. But by his resurrection, his light never fades. He is a beacon of light and hope for everyone. His light has already overcome darkness. Martin Luther King Jr. says, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. 
A few years ago, um, our friends Simon and Sarah Larkin felt God call them to plant a church, and they told me how they'd been inspired by a quote of C.T. Studd, the England cricketer who went to be a missionary in China. And his quote was this, some people like to live within the sound of church or chapel bell. I'd rather run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. So they heard that quote and it really inspired them as they were thinking where they would go and plant a church. They wanted to go somewhere where their church would really make a difference to the people's lives. They wanted to be light in the darkness. And in a recent email, Simon wrote this to me. He said, we were asked about planting a church in Hastings, a beautiful town on the south coast, but with significant levels of deprivation, addiction and homelessness, and a lot of pagan spirituality too. It felt like this might be a place God was calling us to. The church building was located in a run-down area in the centre of the town. Opposite the church door on the high street was a shop called Skunk Works, at the time selling legal highs and drug paraphernalia. One day, a member of our team was looking around Hastings and asked us about another shop, just yards, I think it was literally three shops down, from the church called Substance 666. We looked it up on the internet and their website opened with the words, Welcome to Hell. We thought, yes! That's amazing, isn't it? We can run a rescue shop within the yard of hell. And that's what, it turns out, Holy Trinity Hastings is becoming. So we've walked around the area every month praying for God's light to shine. The main door of the building on the high street had not been open for over half a century. Vulnerable women would sit on the steps of the church, gaining protection from the wind and cold. So we opened up these doors when we planted the church and set up a project on Thursdays called Safe Haven Women for vulnerable women who were homeless, facing addictions, or fleeing domestic violence. One of the women from Safe Haven recently did Alpha, gave her life to Jesus, and now reads her Bible every day. She told us the other day, thank you for helping me. I cannot thank you enough. I feel completely different since I've come here to Safe Haven Women and to his church. I feel so peaceful and calmer within myself. Another woman told us, thank you for praying. It works, and my life has changed so much since being part of Safe Haven Women and coming to church. And she now volunteers as part of the team. And four years in, Skunk Works is now closed and opened up as a lovely Italian restaurant, a sign of God's transforming in the area. <laughs> it's an amazing privilege to be in a place where Jesus is literally rescuing people from the depths of darkness, despair, loneliness, addiction, and bringing light, life, hope, and peace. Light, yes, isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Light is most effective in darkness. It can be easy to complain about darkness, saying, I don't like this job, or my family's complicated, my neighbors are a nightmare, but God has you there for a purpose. You are the light of the world. And often God sends us into dark places to make a difference. We're there to stand out, to be a light. I'll show you that I'm techie savvy again. I'm going to need one of my children to help me with this in a minute. Oh no, that's my Apple stuff. That's what I was after. Sorry, just showing my age. That's what I was after. I was after the light. All right, kids. <laughs> we are called to be a light. We're called to shine. 
And you have give, been given a huge opportunity to shine wherever God has placed you. You are invited to play your part as individuals. And I want to encourage you, if you've, got a, if you've got a phone now, get your phone out, turn the light on. You'll probably do it a lot quicker than I will. As individuals, as communities, this is the vision that we invite people to church. We invite people to Alpha. And what happens if they encounter Jesus? They become another light that shines in the darkness, in their family, in their school, in their place of work. Imagine for a moment that this room represented our city. Imagine if for a moment this room represented our nation even. Let this, this Lord be a prophetic sign of what this year will be like. A standout year looks like this. It looks like us, the light of the world, shining in the darkness. This year, 